So I want to start on something, not the presidential campaign, uh, something that the jerk-offs at CNN, MSNBC, the Washington Post, the New York Times, none of them, none of them are going to cover it. So I don't call this the United States of America. I call this the United Corporations of America. And as part of that, we basically have sociopaths running the country pretty much in every sector, in the government, in academia, in the corporations, in the think tanks, basically sociopaths that are so out of touch and deliberately so. They are deliberately out of touch. So sometimes, you know, very rarely, very, very rarely am I um, surprised by corruption. I've seen it. I've pretty much seen just about anything. But there are some headlines that are so absolutely shocking that you have to look twice. You have to look three times. You have to look ten times. And when I saw this headline, I, 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 I just couldn't believe it. Former Michigan Governor Rick Snyder is named a Harvard University Fellow. A former Michigan governor who's been criticized for his administration's role in the Flint water crisis is headed to Harvard University to teach and study subjects related to state and local government. Harvard's John F. Kennedy School of Government announced Friday that Rick Snyder begins a work as a senior research fellow Monday, meaning today. His fellowship is with the school's Taubman Center for State and Local Government. Center Director Jeffrey Liebman, Liebman says in a statement, the two-term Republican governor brings, quote, expertise in management, public policy, and promoting civility. I just want to have a collective moment of silence for our basic humanity, because now it's out the door. Can you join me in that moment of silence? I thought, honestly, honestly, I thought that this was the onion when I saw this. I really thought this was, an, I'm not kidding, I thought it was the onion when I saw this on Twitter. I want to be clear, I was not poisoned. Uh, I'm a white dude. But I've been to Flint 14 times since 2016. Uh, Jen, Status Quo's co-founder, who's in the Super Chat now, this is a Super Chat has been there, I think, four or five times, Jen. Ty has been there probably 10 times. So between us all, we've been there quite a lot. Governor Rick Snyder, and for those of you that are not aware, um, recently, all of the remaining criminal charges uh, related to the Flint water crisis were dropped. I, of course, reported on that and did a video. And I can't get into details, but based on the sources I have, I believe that a big reason they were dropped is potentially to go after Governor Rick Snyder. I believe that based on the sources that I have, I can't go into such detail, I believe that the highest level officials that were being charged, that is Nick Lyon, the Director of Health and Human Services for the Michigan Department, excuse me, the Director of the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services, I believe that essentially in order to get information from him that would lead to 
the attorney general's office being able to prosecute Governor Snyder, I believe that to get that information from him and some others that they dropped the charges, I believe they dropped the charges as a result. I don't have any confirmation. This is just my belief. It's I'm not giving you any, you know, concrete reporting just based on source, a source that I have. And this source has been very right the majority of the time uh, they've given me information. So putting that aside, Rick Snyder, let, let's, let's take this statement. Let's take this statement literally for what they said and, and go through it line by line. Expertise in management. Expertise in management. Governor Rick Snyder appointed unelected emergency managers. You want to talk about the threat of the Russian boogeyman to our democracy? This governor appointed unelected emergency managers, essentially hijacking democracy from Flint, Michigan, which is 42% poverty. He stripped democracy away from Flint, Michigan. So he put in his own little stooge for emergency managers in Flint. And these are the men who decided what a good idea it would be while we're trying to privatize the water system, let's switch to the Flint River, which had General Motors dumping its waste products in it for a century, which had dead bodies floating around, which if you look at it, look green from street level. And let's not put in the Department of Environmental Quality. Let's, let's try to save some money. So we're not going to put in the proper corrosion control chemicals into the water so we could save money. So this governor, who apparently Harvard says is an expert on management and public policy and promoting civility, this governor appointed unelected emergency managers who together poisoned an impoverished majority-minority community. Yeah, he's got some expertise in poisoning poor people. This governor not only poisoned these people, not only perjured himself in front of Congress. For those of you that don't know, this governor went in front of Congress in 2016 and he claimed, I didn't know a thing about the Flint water problem or the lead problem or the Legionella problem. Until, Jan until recently, his own state-appointed employee, who he appointed, who he appointed to be the, re the first responder to the Flint water crisis, testified under oath. Governor Rick Snyder knew months before he told Congress about the Legionella threat, which killed on, on paper, 12 people, but PBS reported it could be up to 120 people that died from Legionella in Flint. He knew months before he said he knew. That's perjuring himself in front of Congress. But, you know, white, powerful people in this country, they could do whatever they want, right? There's three legal systems. The first one is for rich, powerful white dudes. The second one is for, like, what's left of the middle class, you and I. And the third one is for black, brown, uh, black, brown, and indigenous people. So... This guy lied to Congress, lied to state investigators, 
he not only, you want to talk about civility? Harvard, uh, Detroit Free Press, this Harvard guy says, and promoting civility. This governor was trying to shut down the free water distribution stations around Flint pretty much from the moment he opened it. This governor defied a court order from a judge to deliver bottled water home to home in Flint. He was mandated by a judge to do this. Refused. This governor perjured himself in front of Congress, lied about when he knew about the Flint water crisis, and then this governor. Do you know how much the residents of Michigan, including Flint, have paid out of their taxpayer dollars for this governor and his state officials for their criminal defense? Nearly 30 million dollars. This governor told the black mayor of Flint, do you want to talk about civility? He told the black mayor of Flint, get over it already. I mean, this is no surprise. Harvard, I mean, Rick Snyder is just a dime or dozen. I mean, just look at this from last year. Harvard has, a, uh, excuse me, two years ago, has a nice conversation with war criminal Henry Kissinger. This is who excels at Harvard. This is who gets fellowships at Harvard. You know, people who poison poor communities, people who start wars under false pretenses. I'm sure pretty soon they'll invite Dick Cheney for tea. I'm sure Donald Trump, when he's not president, will become a fellow at Harvard. And I usually don't, I usually don't get this crazy, but what in the world kind of country do we live in when people, by the way, there's a very, still, a very likely chance that this governor that Harvard University just hired as a fellow could be criminally prosecuted. I'm just telling you based on the sources that I have, he's not out of, he's not out of the water yet, no pun intended. And if you need any reminder what this governor allowed to happen when he knew what was going on, the people, the, the water was switched on April 25th, 2014. The residents started complaining immediately of brown water, of rashes, of hair loss, of nosebleeds, and worse. This governor's administration did not acknowledge it for 18 months. He allowed children to be poisoned for 18 months. He allowed seniors to be poisoned for 18 months. He allowed black people to be poisoned for 18 months, poor white people to be poisoned for 18 months, undocumented people to be poisoned for 18 months. And then, and then, to put a bow on it, after Jen and I, in the early days of status quo, knocked on five, almost 500 doors last summer and fall, we found that this governor's Department of Environmental Quality cheated on the water testing for nearly two years. What they did was go into residents' homes, mostly poor black people who don't know what they were doing. They were just happy some, some officials from the state were there to test their water, and they were running the residents' water right before collecting the samples, a.k.a. flushing. Illegal. If it's, 
if it's a lead and copper sample meant for EPA regulatory compliance, you cannot flush the water even for 10 seconds. You have to turn on the water, put the sample bottle in right away. Because if you flush it, you're just flushing out the lead. It's called artificially lowering the lead levels. This governor's environmental department did this for two years. And then the governor took that data that was cooked and said, mission accomplished. The water's fine. We're shutting down the water pods. And my reporting shows, our reporting shows, that this governor coordinated with the environmental department that cooked the numbers on how to respond to status quo. They had the same exact response, which shows coordination. This is why I met with the Attorney General of Michigan's office and the Solicitor General in February. This is what Flushing Flint, our documentary, is based on. I ain't going to jinx it, but we might have some good news on that documentary and distribution very soon. Harvard, and we're going to name names here, folks. I don't know who decided to bring on Rick Snyder at Harvard, but Rick Snyder is going to be, Rick Snyder is going to be teaching in the uh, Taubman Center for State and Local Government. And the head of that center is a guy named Jeffrey Liebman. I don't know if it was Jeffrey Liebman who decided to bring on Rick Snyder, or I don't know if it was board members at Harvard. I don't know who it was. But they should be held accountable. Because let me tell you something. You cannot teach students, I don't care if it's at Harvard, I don't care if it's at a community school, you cannot elevate criminals and normalize criminals, not just criminals, but racists. This is not just environmental racism, this was, in, this was straight up racism and it's fascism. The, the students of Harvard should not have in front of them Rick Snyder as some teacher or some mentor. It's offensive on its face. And I don't pretend to speak for the residents of Flint, but I can tell you of all the things that I've ever tweeted, the tweet that I put out yesterday about this, I have never seen more venom on Twitter in response to something I tweeted. Not at me, at Harvard. I've never ever seen more venom than this tweet I put out. I'm, I'm not naive. I don't think Harvard is run by like people who get it. Harvard's not run by people who like are on the streets with the people of Flint. This guy who runs this center probably never met somebody from Flint. But you are basically spitting on the graves of those who have died in Flint. You are basically spitting at the mothers that I've sat on porches with who are literally 37 years old but whose body is treating them like they're 80 years old. You are spitting on the children who are forgetting their letters in their alphabet, are forgetting numbers, are, 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 are instead of calling them mama, they're calling them vava. You are spitting on the people who are taking showers today and almost fainting because the water's still screwed up. You are spitting on the people who are still getting rashes today. And this is the problem in America, and this is why I personally support Bernie Sanders. You could have great plans you could have great plans. Elizabeth Warren has some good plans. Okay. Um, Tulsi, I think, has uh, good plans. But the system 
uh, in this country, political, political, academic, academic, corporate, and otherwise, is rotten at its core because it's corrupt and it's rigged and it's one revolving door of sociopaths, of corporate criminals. And until you attack the system, it doesn't matter what your plans are. The Washington Post can't help itself. The Washington Post cannot help itself. And, you know, I always look for an opportunity uh, for this one. Thank you, Colin Tooley. Honestly, the Washington Post, the New York Times, Associated Press, BuzzFeed, Daily Beast, CNN, MSNBC, they all have their heads so far in the sand. They are going to help elect Donald Trump for another four years. That's what's going to happen. They're all buried, head buried in the sand. They're helping the choo-choo Joe, Joe Biden train keep going. And now Kamala Harris has joined. Kamala Harris has joined the fun on the Titanic. Her and Joe right in the front, iceberg right ahead, but nobody seems to notice. Nobody seems to notice. Or they notice, but they don't care. So the Washington Post, who it seems like Jennifer Rubin of the Washington Post now does like four negative Bernie Sanders stories a week. You know, in 2016, they did 16 in a day. Now they have individual writers doing God knows, uh, God knows how many um, negative stories about Bernie a day. So the Washington Post fact checker, this is their fact checker. This was his fact check today. Bernie said during the debate, three people in the country own more wealth than the bottom half of America. Factually accurate. This from the Washington Post fact checker, Glenn Kessler. This snappy talking point is based on numer numbers that add up, but it's also a question of comparing apples to oranges. Sanders is drawing on a 2017 report from the left-leaning Institute for Policy Studies, which said that three billionaires, Bill Gates, Jeff Bezos, who owns the Amazon Washington Post, and Warren Buffett, had total wealth of $248.5 billion compared to $245 billion for the bottom 160 million of the United States. The wealth of the three men has gone up even more since then. But people in the bottom half have essentially no wealth as debt cancels out whatever assets they might have. So the comparison is not especially meaningful. We once gave Sanders three Pinocchios when he asserted that the six wealthiest people had more wealth than the half of the world's population. That was an even more problematic comparison. And we said at the time, it was better to focus on inequality within a country. I think David Sirota wrote it best. Wash Post fact checker criticizes Bernie Sanders for, for saying three families control more wealth than the bottom 50% because the bottom 50% have no wealth at all. This is not especially meaningful. So let me get, let me, let me quite understand this. Let me quite understand this for the Washington Post. So, <laughs> he's a fact checker, right? So you, you see this? The talking point is based on numbers that add up, meaning, yes, this is factual. He's the fact checker. He's acknowledging Bernie Sanders is telling the truth. Three men own more wealth than the bottom 50% of America. So that, that sickness, that crime, that injustice, 
It's just apples to oranges, according to the Washington Post. Just apples to oranges. And hey, Bernie might be right. You know, my job is a fact checker. So now we're, we're moving the goalposts. Now, now, uh, it's not really fact checking. It's, is it relevant? Is it relevant? So we're not fact checking. We're telling the audience what's relevant, which dare I say is a little biased of the Washington Post. At least I'm open about my bias. I am a progressive journalist. I don't hide it. It doesn't affect my facts. I do not lie for Bernie or Tulsi. When Bernie should be challenged, he will be. And I'm going to challenge him in a few minutes, actually. When Tulsi needs to be challenged, she will be. When Warren needs to be challenged, oh, she will be. But is the new standard at the Washington Post only for Bernie Sanders? I have never, ever read a fact check for anyone else that the first sentence acknowledges uh, they're being honest. This is factual. It's really apples to oranges. It's really not relevant. It's not particularly meaningful that three Americans own more wealth than pretty much half the country. Not relevant. I'd like to know how much Glenn Kessler makes at the Washington Post to write such fucking moronic things like, eh, it's apples to oranges that three men own more wealth than the bottom 50%. I'd like to know how much Glenn Kessler makes to write. It's not particularly meaningful that this is. Let me, let me ask, what exactly is the point of a fact check if you acknowledge within the first sentence that it's factually correct? Isn't that what fact checking is? Like, Jen just did a great piece on statusquo.com, go check it out, on Kamala Harris line. So Jen didn't do that fact check, uh, you know, saying, well, in the first sentence, what Kamala, what Kamala Harris is saying is factually correct, but it's not particularly meaningful. Oh, thanks, Jen. Reporter salaries at the Washington Post can range from 59000 to 101000 I promise you. This reporter is over 101,000, I promise you. He's been there for a while and he's the fact checker. So of course, see what the corporate media who is working for Jeff Bezos, this is the Amazon Washington Post, what they're trying to do is basically just gaslight America, particularly gaslight Bernie Sanders. So. Oh, you know, you, you're seeing these arguments now being made. Oh, does Bernie have anything new to say? I'm tired of hearing that same message about let's give health care to all. Ugh, so boring. I'm tired of hearing this message of let's educate all our children. Can you change it up, Bernie? I'm tired of hearing this message about let's save the planet. It's so dull and boring, Bernie. We need a new record from, from time to time. So they're reaching with that. This is coming from, you know, the Daily Coast, that guy who runs the Daily Coast. I saw one from Jess McIntosh, who was a Hillary Clinton campaign person, saying, ugh, I'm so, you know, what did she tweet? Now I'm waiting for Bernie to say something I didn't memorize by watching every debate in 2016. And, uh, John Graziano, follow him. So what if the poors are dying? I need Bernie to cater to my short attention span. Like the stupidity 
of these people. They have nothing on the merits to say. They have nothing on the merits to say about Bernie Sanders because you'd have to be a lunatic and a sociopath to be, say, oh, no, I think people should die because they can't afford health care. I think that's better for America. Uh, I don't really think everyone should be educated, you know? Tough shit if you can't get educated. So they can't say any of that. What are they going to say? Like, well, we need to make money, so if the planet dies, the planet dies. So they're going to say, well, fact, I'm the fact checker, and factually, Bernie Sanders is correct, but it's kind of apples to oranges. It's, it's like apples to oranges, and it's not particularly relevant that three people own more wealth than the bottom 50%. Not relevant. Or, you know, I wish Bernie would change it up. I'm tired of hearing the same progressive message about health care for all, education for all, saving the planet. The Washington Post was rightfully panned for this. This is for Mediate. Washington Post fact checker gets dragged for attacking Bernie Sanders over extremely true fact. Washington Post fact checker Glenn Kessler was roundly criticized for attacking Bernie Sanders over a statement that was 100% true, but according to Kessler, it was not especially meaningful because of how very true it was. So let's see. I showed you Sirota. Here's one. Glenn Kessler remains just an appalling ass brain. I like that. Naomi Lachance. Democracy dies in the darkness when I can't even automatically read Glenn Kessler's latest garbage. Kessler doesn't get enough credit for being the most craven pundit worm in the game. I like that one. If you told me Glenn Kessler was actually an MK Ultra, neurohacking psychop designed to give a specific kill list of intelligent readers aneurysms and corrode the collective intelligence of everyone who read him, I would have to give that zero Pinocchios. I like that. I mean, it's unbelievable. This is fact-checking eating itself. Yes, the three richest people have more wealth than the bottom 50%, but that's 50% basically has no wealth at all, so it's not especially meaningful. So basically, the statement is true. The statement is true, but since it's true, and since they have no money, who cares? Yeah, democracy dies in the darkness, and uh, the establishment thrives, thanks to Glenn Crest. Uh, folks, little bone to pick with uh, Bernie Sanders. Here's why. It's been calling for a revolution. Recently, in remarks to a group of wealthy donors, as you were speaking about the problem of income inequality in this country, you said, we shouldn't, quote, demonize the rich. You said, nobody has to be punished. No one's standard of living would change. Nothing would fundamentally change. What did you mean by that? What I meant by that is, look, Donald Trump thinks Wall Street built America. Ordinary middle-class Americans built America. My dad used to have an expression. He said, Joe, a job is about a lot more than a paycheck. It's about your dignity. It's about respect. It's being able to look your kid in the eye and say everything's going to be okay. Too many people who are in the middle class and poor have had the bottom fall out under this proposal. What I'm saying is that we've got to be straightforward. We have to make sure we understand that to return dignity to the middle class, they have to have insurance that is covered and they can afford it. They have to make sure that we are in a situation where there's continuing education and they're able to pay for it. And they have to make sure that they're able to breathe air that is, is, is clean and they, they have water that they can drink. Look, Donald Trump 
has put us in a horrible situation. We do have enormous income inequality. And the one thing I agree on is we can make massive cuts in the $1.6 trillion in tax loopholes out there, and I would be going about eliminating Donald Trump's tax cuts for the wealthy. Vice President Biden, thank you. Don't you love how when Bernie Sanders is asked, are you going to raise taxes on the middle class? And he gives an answer, and Savannah Guthrie comes back. Uh, Ten more seconds, because you didn't answer the question. But when Joe Biden 100% totally ignores the question, doesn't even answer what he meant by telling Wall Street, I'm going to fluff your pillow, Wall Street. Your life ain't going to change one bit. Actually, it's going to get better if I'm president. They say, thank you, Vice President Biden. Come back again. So my time is up, Joe Biden, which I can't wait for the campaign ads. My time is up where I've never seen him in, in all the debates I've ever watched. I've never seen a candidate just preempt themselves and just basically cut themselves off. That's pretty weak, pretty weak of Joe Biden, but so be it. So what was so astronomically absurd about that? Joe Biden literally told Wall Street donors at a fundraiser, uh, just elect me, give me all your money. I won't, I won't do anything. I won't do anything. Not going not gonna, to not gonna increase your taxes. I'll deregulate. I'll give the same subsidies. I'm going to fluff your pillows. Tell me if you want milk, cho- milk chocolate or dark chocolate. I'll make sure it's on your pillow every morning when you wake up. And when he's asked about it, he gives some cockamamie answer about returning dignity to people. So he was asked directly, what did you mean by that? He didn't answer. He just went into some rambling talking point about returning dignity. I have no idea what he's talking about. Something about making sure they can afford insurance, even though he's offering a public option, which is really nothing. It's just, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta be honest with you. Is Bernie Sanders asleep during some of the, and I know some of you don't like when I take on Bernie, but that is when, when Joe Biden basically ignores the question and NBC allows him to, this is, how, this is where you step in. Uh, excuse me, Savannah, uh, the vice president didn't exactly answer the question. I would like to know, and I'm sure millions of Americans, here's my Bernie voice, millions of Americans around the country who had their homes foreclosed on, whose life savings went up in smokes, I would, I'm sure they would like to know what the vice president, what the vice president meant when he told Wall Street Nothing will change. Your standard of living will not change one iota. I'd like to know what the vice president meant, Savannah. Like Bernie Sanders, it took him an hour and 45 minutes to even say anything about Joe Biden's record. He mentioned his Iraq war vote. So I think that's a failed opportunity. I really do. I think that's a really, really failed opportunity for Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders has the opportunity in that moment, in that moment, to say, uh, Savannah, he didn't answer the question. Uh, you could talk about dignity until you blew in the face. What did you mean when you told Wall Street nothing will change? Do you think that's what's going to defeat Donald Trump? Uh, a, a pro-Wall Street message? I don't think so. I do not think so. That's, that's, a, that's a good way to lose to Donald Trump. 
because Donald Trump is still a fake populist. And it's going to take a real populist to expose that he's a fake populist. Take it from me. I just had an hour and a half in my in the hot, humid, humid sun in Miami with those Trump supporters. It's going to take a lot of work. And some of you say, oh, Jordan, relax. It's just the first debate. You know, he let Kamala and Joe duke it out. And now um, and now Biden has lost uh, quite a few points. It doesn't matter. This is the same thing he did in 2016. He's showing up to a knife fight holding a spoon. It's not a personal attack. It's not negative campaigning to basically state facts. This, if, if NBC is going to ask him this question and he's going to totally ignore it, does Bernie Sanders actually think NBC is going to have a follow-up or challenge Joe Biden? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. They're not going to challenge him. They don't care. They're not, they're fine with him uh, giving figurative sexual favors to Wall Street. NBC is owned by Comcast. What do they care if Wall Street does well? NBC does well if Wall Street does well. So I got to tell you, a little tough love. Bernie, take off the gloves. I don't know what you're waiting for. And by the way, it's, it's not accurate to say, well, it's the first debate. Don't worry about it. Well, the first debate, Kamala Harris has surged after the first debate. So has Elizabeth Warren. Granted, Elizabeth Warren wasn't on stage, but you only get one. I mean, obviously, it's not Bernie Sanders' first in, first impression. But in 2016, in 2020 campaign, Kamala Harris, with her fake populism and her highly chore- choreographed attack on Joe Biden, I liked it. She was right. I mean, I know she's full of shit otherwise, but it was a good. There's a good moment for her. We can't we can't lie. It was a very good moment for her, and she is up. This is the new uh, HuffPost YouGov survey uh, after the debate. Uh, you got uh, 59% of Democrats polled saying uh, Harris outperformed everyone else in the field, followed by Biden at 16% and Bernie at 11%. This was directly after the first debate, uh, excuse me, the second debate. So by Bernie not actually getting in there and fighting, and more importantly, exposing Joe Biden. And by the way, he could have turned to the other side and said, uh, respectfully, Senator Harris, you're also doing very lavish fundraisers with Citigroup. You're about to have another fundraiser with a, Wells, a former Wells Fargo executive who defended the bank during the fake account scandal. If you don't do it, Bernie, NBC or CNN, which is the next debate host, they're not going to. And trust me, the audience will respond favorably to knowing this because they are not aware of who's doing fundraisers with Wall Street. Most people watching are not political diehards like you, me and you watching now. 